With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. What does Webster say about soul? All I want is a good home and a wife and a children and some food to feed them every night. After all is said and done, build a new route to China if they'll have you. Who will survive in America? 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 Not Sako anyway. It's the Day Trippers! Right, good evening, good evening, good evening. This is probably my last intro uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, but, so first of all, don't forget down, get, get down to Munster Garage for all your gadget needs. They do the Android boxes and the smartwatches. And the winner of the competition for the gaming tablet, that was Ali Thompson. For his fair play, Ali T. Um, Neil will be in touch with you and he'll lose all your details and he'll keep the tablet for himself. But there's definitely a discount code in there. I don't know, Euro 10, 10% off, maybe 25% off, depending on how they feel over there. But uh, yeah, so that's it. So anyway, on with the show. So big news. Stephen Daly is now officially the host of the Day Trippers for the rest of the season. Only thing is, if Stephen doesn't make it in, I'll have to step in. <laughs> There's a good chance. I promise that- I'll make it in. That <laughs> he won't make it in. Um, so coming up on tonight's show, we look back at some game that happened. I fucking can't remember so much shit's happened since then. Um, we're going to have a big interview with David Thompson, the X-Red. Um, should be good. We've got Jay home in here. We've got Steve in here. We've got myself. And of course, we're hoping that Dave Thompson stays on with us. Don't know yet because I'm recording this right at the start of the pod. Normally I do it right at the end of the pod. So without further ado, I hand you over to the new host of the Day Trippers podcast, Mr. Stephen Daly. There's there's a good chance something bad is going to happen to him in his life because that tends to happen when you're the host of the show. Mr. Daly! Having made his debut almost 20 years ago on the 19th of August 1996, uh, David Thompson was a homegrown youngster who got to fulfil what, what are the dreams of most Red fans, to play competitive football and score goals for LFC. The tenacious midfielder went on to make 56 appearances and score five goals for the club before moving on to Coventry in the summer of 2000. 
Tonight we talked to Dave about his time with the club. What's it like to have your career brought to a premature end and his recent departure from talk sport, amongst other things. So Dave, how's the arm? Uh, heard you decided to do a bit of base jumping uh, off the side of a cliff with a bike <laughs> and no parachute. How did that go for you? <laughs> Listen, it's not, it's not, it's not true that I tried to top myself. <laughs> I just want to put the record straight. <laughs> good lad, good lad. How are you feeling now? All good? I'm feeling great now. Yeah, it was, um, it was just one of those things. I, I was, I was going too fast down the mountain and uh, lost control and. Um, you know the the rest is history. I hit a rock and flew over, flew over the side of the cliff. Good man. And, uh, managed, managed to save myself, break Broken. a few ribs, and break an arm in the process. <laughs> well, at least at least you're here. Would have made a pretty shit interview if we were going to your funeral instead. So. <laughs> <laughs> a live podcast from the wake. <laughs> been a seance. <laughs> and uh, you could have contacted me through a Ouija board. <laughs> we could have got Trev. I tell you, I tell you what, mate. Even Are you did. <laughs> <laughs> he said yes <laughs> um, and come here I, I read somewhere that you're uh, you were due to prolong the career a little bit as well with uh, Seton Delaval is that right say again uh, are you meant to be staying playing a bit of football for for uh, for a club now this season yeah, coming you know what you know you, no do you know what that that was um, I, I was meant to go up and play a couple of games just to try and get fit and uh, help me pal out who was managing the team yeah. at the time but um, nothing nothing came of it but, ah, okay. um, they're playing in a friendly down here next week actually I might give it a go ah, right, I think I saw on your Instagram mate that you, you said that you curled one in the top corner or something like that on a, on a Sunday park pitch you've still got it yeah th- <laughs> that was uh, that was for uh, my protein and uh, Oh, do you know what? That was a belting goal. <laughs> Did anybody get it on their camera yeah. phone? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, but well, it was a belter. I was proud of that one, actually. Well, I tell you what, it's, it's unintentional, but it's a perfect segue into uh, into the, the first question because um, my my lasting memory, or probably the thing when people talk about you, uh, you know, is, is that game against Sheffield Wednesday. It's probably what I would classify as, as your your best game for us just in, and you just ran the show that day you know and, and if I remember correctly you scored an absolute cracker um a bend and one into the top corner much like you're you're talking about there <laughs> with uh with that ad so well, like what yeah, what would you what would you say sticks in your mind as as the ultimate performance for the club I think that that game there was one of them days where I, I, you know I felt myself I felt like I was I was showing people exactly what I was about there I was playing without restriction that day yeah I think a lot of the time when I played for the LFC it was like you know, I was something I would, especially under Julier. You know, mm. he 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 tended to chop my legs off a little bit. You know, say get me doing more defensive duties. You know, for the start, I was playing out on the right. I didn't enjoy it there anyway. Yeah. You know, I always felt like, you know, from being an under thirteen player right the way through to you know seventeen, eighteen for for every club I ever played for, whether that be for England, I'd always played in centre midfield. Yeah. And I'd always been one of the best players on the pitch. So. You know, it was to get shoved out onto the right was um, was something that I was already unhappy with. It's one of those um, things in a, but, in a in a Julier team. It kind of felt like that was a, a punishment, didn't it? <laughs> you know, well, and, well, it did. We, I mean, I mean, me, Stevie, and Danny Murphy, we did label it the graveyard shift because <laughs> we were told, you know, it was it was more like Julier tended to concentrate on what he called a team block, which was just to get all the midfield behind the ball yeah. and doing the defensive duty, and then. You know, going forward was a bit of a bonus, but he was heavy. He he put a heavy burden on me defensively, and I was always worried about helping me right back. 
But then in one season, he had a goal at me for not scoring that many goals. I think I'd only scored three goals that season, but I'd had about eight or nine assists. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was a decent return for someone who wasn't a right-hand side midfield player and also someone who wasn't, a, you know, was more of an attacker than a defender. So um, I was a little bit disappointed with that. And I probably, that was, you know, probably the start of where things started going wrong with me and him. Yeah, yeah, and, and and like you say, that that was a game against Sheffield Wednesday where the shackles were off. So, so. But that game, yeah, I think I, I took it upon myself when I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go out and just do what I want to do and and enjoy myself. And um, you know, everything I tried that day, whether it be a nutmeg, a cruising, or a through ball, or a shot at goal, came you off. You know, it seems to come off. And and I, I seen Stevie. Stevie was, was was thriving in the same way. He was having a great game. You know, he was flinging mm. it from left to right, and that did just fill me with confidence. And then. Um, you know, I was just going to do my thing and th- things were coming off. And when things are coming off, it gives you confidence to go and try things a li- that, that little bit more. It gives you that, you know, that extra bit of confidence. And, you know, that was just one of them games where I just totally enjoyed myself. No, and I think it showed. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it definitely did. No no question about that. Um, you, you played in a Liverpool team, I suppose, that had a huge amount of locally produced talents. And, and, and let's even include, you know, Danny Murphy in that, in the sense, OK, I suppose it's probably not fair to, in one sense, because he played 100 odd games for crew before he mm-hmm. before he signed for us. But um, who here's the one that I'd love to know. Who was the person that came through that group right the way to knocking on the door of the first team, but never quite got there? Because you and Mike alone, Stevie Gerrard, even if you look a little bit further mm-hmm. ahead, you had Maka, Fowler, Carragher, Dominic Matthew, whoever it was, they all made the grade and, and, and made a living, you know, playing for LFC and going on to other clubs. Who didn't Definitely, quite get yeah. there? Well, I think there was, in our youth team, there was a couple of players there that were, were good players, but in that, I remember in the in the youth team, we used to have a lad called Jamie Cassidy. Mm. Now, he went to the he went to the Lillishaw School of Excellence with um, with Jamie Carragher, and I think at one stage, when we were about 14, 15, probably Jamie Cassidy was, was, was head and shoulders above me and Carragher at the time, and probably more highly rated, but what, what transpired is he he got it, some bad injuries at, at, at crucial times in your development, and I think he just lost half a yard of play, uh, half a yard of pace. But right. that was a guy who was a great footballer, tenacious in the tackle, silky left foot, and uh, you know could strike a ball and was deadly in the tackle, deadly. But uh, I was surprised when 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 Jamie never went on and, and, and really made it for the first team because you know if you at fourteen fifteen. If you'd have, if you if you'd have saw him, you'd have, you'd have definitely picked him out to be a, a, a real talent. Right, Tomo, just just on that because it's something that, that interests me, and I, and I think now that the, the Premier League is missing real characters. I, I don't. I think I, I sort of have this perception that um, you know the, the the academies these days are bringing through players that are a little bit soft. Um, would you agree, sort of coming through the YTS scheme at Liverpool and and the, the sort of the boot room and having to sort of clean people's boots and that sort of element of it? Um, sort of impacted the type of players that were coming through and do you what what are your thoughts on academies now do you think that sort of younger players get too much too soon and they sort of lack that cutting edge when you know progressing through to the first team well I think you know I think you're exactly right there I mean some of the jobs that we had to do yeah they were a bit of a burden and they did toughen you up but I think it's down to the the, the sort of development coaches that you've got I mean I remember I I, I, I our staff, I mean, Dave Shannon, Hubie McCauley and, and Steve Highway. I mean, you couldn't get away with nothing there. And if you shake the tackle, you know, you, you were, people would come down hard on you. And, you know, I remember the first 20 minutes of our youth games, you know, our instructions were to get the ball into the corners, 
press high up the pitch and, and you know, be strong in the tackle and get right into them. Nail your opposition in the first 10 to 15 minutes. Let mm. them know that they are in for the game. Mm. And, you know, that, that, and, and that was, if, so, if one of our teammates didn't do that or jumped out of a tackle, I mean, we, we would be all on to them screaming, yeah. we'd pull them up, you know, and it, it, we wouldn't forget it. It would be pretty relentless. Mm. But that was the type of thing. And then that just installed in me going into the first team. That was the type of thing I do. Whether I was playing against Graham Lasseau or Ashley Cole or anything like that, my, my, first, thought was, my first thought was just to get them nailed. Mm. The first, min- first minutes or the first 10 minutes, get them nailed and let them know that they are in for the game. I remember though, because you even playing myself, you used to be allowed a tackle, and that first tackle, you, you remember players running away saying it was my first one ref, and you'd usually get yeah. away with it. Whereas now, people are getting pulled up for all sorts. So that physical contact, that part that gets people off the seats, in my opinion, is now pretty much redundant. And you see, you know, a modern day defensive midfielder who used to be the the enforcer is now just going around pulling shirts and doing cynical little fouls. Yeah, whereas yeah, that competitive yeah. edge has has, has gone, and, and I think that. I mean, you know, I, I think that in part can be down to the values that are getting instilled in, in younger players now, that they don't right. have to go out and, and fight and, and battle and, and win individual battles. It's more technique. You can't do it anymore. That it, It's all changed. And I think this is where now you look at the players like Sissoko and, and Pogba. This is why they're worth a lot more money than because these are the type of players that run all over you and they've got these long legs that can stick out the leg and block a tackle, do an interception. This is why they're more valuable now to the to the team and 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 to you know to the market. These type of players, big, tall, strong, gangly people who can stick a foot in. Mm. They're not stick. They're not. They're not aggressive in the tackle, but they can stick a foot in to get a block on here or close you down a little bit qu- quicker. This is why they're worth that much more money. Mm. Yeah, but they- in terms of in terms of sticking your foot in, God. I mean, I, I just when I got into the first team, I'd just done the same things what I'd done for the youth team and for the reserves. Got it, give it, and was strong in the tackle. Mm. But it worked against me because I was watching a video the other day of some footage that someone had sent me through. And it was, it was me when I got sent off against Leicester. And I tell you what, my first tackle that day was just a straight it could have been a straight red anyway but I ended up getting a yellow Davey, most of your tackles would be a straight red these days <laughs> well I used to get there as quick as I could you know what I mean and that was my argument to the red you only had little legs it took you longer to get there <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly you know so um, I suppose when, when you when you left Liverpool um, there was an understandable resentment towards Gerard Houllier and I think everybody can see why looking yeah. back on it now would you say that, you know, I suppose you're, you're older, you're wiser. Would you say that maybe you're, you're, we're talking about, you know, getting into the tackle and, and, and having that tenacity. Would you say that maybe you were a little bit maybe over the top in terms of wanting to prove how tenacious and how much you wanted it and it actually ultimately cost you? Possibly, yeah, possibly. But that, I just think that was a little bit of immaturity from me. And I think, um, you know, I... I, I, I Possibly a new, an English manager or a British manager would have been would have recognised the fact that it was just a little bit um, more immaturity and, and and maybe determination rather than being overly aggressive or selfish. And did describe me as being selfish at yeah, one stage yeah. when I got uh, sent off. That was the Leeds but, game, uh, was it? Yeah, I think uh, selfish. Yeah, I think it was the Leeds game actually. Yeah, yeah when I when I 
But that, you know what? I'll be honest with you. That day, David Ockham definitely deserved a belt. <laughs> yeah, but, belt but you gave him about six. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I gave him about four kicks as well when he was on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I took his wallet as well. I suppose. Yeah, that, that... I thought I took two of his teeth out, but as well, <laughs> <laughs> he never had any. Uh, um, I suppose in that sense, I, I, it probably came at a time when the club were were, were struggling with some injuries it was probably a great opportunity it, for you to step it, into the into the team and and it went the opposite it, way for you which probably started it, the demise it was. yeah it, yeah it, yeah it definitely started it started it started the demise yeah definitely but um i think when i did come back into the team because i had about a six week spell where i was out the team with suspension it was weird how it worked it was a three game ban but we only had about three games off or four games in, in six weeks so right. but when I did come back into the team he selected me straight away and I never let him down after that yeah, you know yeah. I, I'd half learned my lesson but come the end of the come the end of the season when um, when uh, my, my contract was up I mean I'd, I'd activated the amount of appearances to give me a new a, a new contract extension they did offer me a contract ex- extension but it wasn't it wasn't nowhere near I felt where, what I deserved Um and I knew I had so much more to offer. Mm. I knew the players that that he was signing Nick Barnby, and I knew he wasn't he wasn't as good a player as me. Um, and I knew the, the 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 players that he was bringing in, the likes of Igor Bishkan and 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 targets like that. I knew they weren't better than me and could not do a better job than me. Yeah. So it was a little bit of petulance. I remember one day after he'd offered me the contract, my agent went outside. What do you want to do? I said, Well, I'll go and think about it. So I walked down the road, and I was still in Melwood. But I flipped a coin. I thought, heads I'll, heads I'll stay, tails I'll go. And it, it, it landed on tails. So I went back in and said, I'll go. And uh, I said, can you just notify the next team? Ne- ne- the, the, the next team that comes in for me, can you just notify me? And uh, there was a few people sniffing around, but as it happened, Coventry put up the money and uh, I ended up going. I just wanted, I was just desperate to get out and prove myself because I knew yeah. that I could do it. And, I, I, and to be honest with you, I, 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 when I look back now, I don't have any regrets, right? But I don't like that moment when I look back. I don't like the frame of mind I was in that, that, that when I look back because I wasn't used to not feeling fully appreciated by my manager. Yeah. I'd had it all throughout my life where the manager loved me to bits. He loved everything I did for the team. He could see I was never a selfish player. But I just felt a little bit misunderstood and frustrated at that time yeah, with Julio. I, I think... I, I, Sorry, no, I was going to say, I, th- I think that can be understood because, you know, first and foremost, yeah, you're, you're a massive Liverpool fan. You've, you've come through the, the ranks and you're playing first team football or trying to play as much first team football as you can. But at the end of the day, and this probably applies to every single professional footballer out there, it's, it's an inner belief in yourself. And if you're not getting the chance to prove that in the first team, there comes a point where you feel, especially at a young age, but at an age where you're, you're reaching the peak of your development, where you just have to get out and play games and show people that, that it, you know, what you have to offer. And, and you, yeah. you got your England call up from the, from the Coventry move. Let's be honest, it was, your, it was the best spell of your career. It was a good spell and it was a good chance to... to and, and I'm going to be honest, right? When I went down to speak to Coventry, I wasn't going to sign, you know... It, it was one of them. I didn't think Coventry was going to be a right club for me. Mm. But after speaking to Gordon Strachan and how highly rated he, 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 he rated me, you know, I just felt to myself, bloody hell, this is a manager here who's, who's, who's going to can play me wherever I want to play. He'd probably give me the captain's armband if, if, yeah, if, if I asked for it. Yeah. You know, he, 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 he was, you know, someone was pursuing you and that keen on you and desperate for you to sign. It makes you feel really appreciated. So I appreciated that fact. 
And I give everything when I was down there, and it worked. You know, it was a good time in my career to go and, sh- you know, work on things that I needed to work on, and, and also in a good environment um, with a good manager like him. No, absolutely, and and I but, suppose... I, but, but I'll be honest, right? I, uh, you know, as soon as as soon as I left Liverpool, God, I missed it. Yeah, yeah, and listen, that's that's understandable from that point. It's it's a pity nearly, especially that... when they won the treble. <laughs> Fair point. Um, it, it's a pity Gordon Strachan maybe didn't come in. Uh, sorry, not Gordon Strachan. It's a pity that Gary McAllister maybe didn't come in a season earlier to Liverpool because he could have been the sort of person, even with Julier there, that pulled you to one side and gave you know you can see but how you know, much of an influence. But you know what, right? I, 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 I don't. I'm not sure. You know, because I remember speaking to Gary McAllister on the back of the bus, and he's he was the one saying to me, Gordon, he, you know, he's he, he's desperate for you. He's desperate for you. He said, mm. Why don't you go and speak to him? You know, it, yeah, I suppose that's an older head, isn't it? There's an older head that maybe yeah. sees he can see what's going on within the club. Mm. He can see Julier's frame of mind, and he's probably thinking, possibly, this, yeah. this young possibly. lad needs to go and get games. And 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 maybe, maybe I should have went out on loan. You yeah. know, maybe at that time, maybe a loan deal would have been a good, good move for me. But, but you they, know, as it happened, as it happened, things worked out for me. You know, besides the injuries, things performance-wise, things worked out for me. I was happy with the way my form was progressing. Yeah, yeah. Dave, though, there wasn't really a loan market back then, was there? Like it was, it was. No, there wasn't. Not not like the what. Not like there is now. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's fair enough. Um, you you mentioned that uh, I've seen you say it a few times. The the emergence of Steven Gerrard probably played a, a key part in in your moving on from Liverpool as well. Like when when you were there playing, just how much of a shock was it to the people around the club and and the team? Everybody ra- rated him as a good player, but to see his emergence from you know, under 21s or wherever he was playing at the time into the first team and to take such a, a stranglehold on a place within that team as well? I think it took it took him about two years, really. I mean, he mm. showed glimpses of it in the first two years. Yeah. But in training, we could see it. I think it took him about two years for, for you know, it was actually probably the season after I left, he was showing glimpses of how good he could be. Yeah. But then the next season after that, God, he was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But the was... prem- what I say is, you know, I he, he he grew from a boy to a man overnight. Yeah. You know, he got these long legs. He got this pace and this power. He already could strike a ball. You know, he was just tailor made for the pre- the way the Premier League was going. Yeah, he was just tailor made for pace it. and power. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I've got to be honest. You know, at that time to be a centre midfielder in Liverpool and and play week in week out, you'd have to be world class. You yeah. know, you, when I was coming through, we had the likes of John Barnes, Jamie Redknapp, Michael Thomas was a top Premier League player. Yeah, you know, then then you had the likes of Didi. We signed Didi Hamani. He was a world class international. Yeah, you know, so to stay and play in, in centre midfield, you, you'd have to be something special. And um, you know, Stevie was. Yeah. And I, I appreciated that, but I just felt that, that definitely I could do there was a role there for me, but I didn't enjoy it. I was on the right. I no, never did. That's understandable. Which which Liverpool manager would you like to have played for since since Julier? If you were to look at all the managers we've had in, which which manager would you look at and say, I really would like to have played under him. I like the way his football was played, and 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 that's who I'd like to have been managed by. Well. I mean, I did like the way Brendan Rodgers' team played the game, but I think they were a little bit soft and a little bit, you know, that when we go back to talk about, um, you know, toughening teams up, I think sometimes your personality shows what type of coach you are. And I think he was more of a developmental uh, type coach because he had them playing pretty football, but you couldn't see out games and he never had that killer instinct. It's ironic because so, he always talks about character. That's, what, uh, but, but yeah, that's character, one, but one thing that our team never had. Someone, but yeah, exactly. When someone has to talk about character, 
that much, you know, it just shows you that they haven't really got it. Because they never it. did. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think they, you were dead they, right. They never did. Sorry, mate. I think you were dead right in saying, talking about developments because I think working through the ranks at Chelsea, I think you know we got glowing references from Jose, um, and I think working with the younger players is where it, you know on the on the coaching field is where his strengths lie. But I think he falls yeah. down when he has to deal with big big players in the dressing room. There's a history of of well, players it, it, that he's it, he's upset. It showed you, know? you. It definitely it showed you the way that he dealt with Stevie and the way he dealt with character. I mean, Stevie should have been offered a, uh, a, a contract a lot, e- a lot earlier, but there was a little bit of insecurity, and Carrick should have been offered a role on the staff. For mm. sure. But that's a million percent. There's nobody who knows football in this modern era better than Jamie Carragher, in my opinion. Right, and um, we came through with the lad. We think the same way, you know. He's but he, he's 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 always had that something inside him that says to you, he could be a manager. Him, he could be a top manager. And the, the fact that Brendan never offered him a role on his staff suggests to me that he was a little insecure mm. and never had the character or belief in himself to be able to have someone like Cara or Stevie G next to him. Do you, do you think he would have took it, Tom, or if it was, if it was offered to him? I think, I think Cara would have definitely took it because mm. I remember speaking to him one day and saying, uh, you know, this is when it came out about Sky. And he said to me, they never, Liverpool never offered me a role. Yeah. They never even offered me a role. He said, so there was nothing even to consider. Sky offered them a great deal and a great package. Yeah. And there was nothing from Liverpool to yeah, say. Yeah, you, can't, you, you know, can't turn down what you're not offered, you know. No, you can exactly. But, so, but that, that when he, with, with him saying that to me, just suggests that he, what he meant was, if they'd have offered me something, I'd have taken you know, it. I I'd have yeah. taken it. Um, let's let's move on and look. You know, uh, I think everybody knows, or anybody that knows you knows that unfortunately your your career was probably cut short um, due to uh, due to the the length of you know sort of or the the issues with injuries that you had in that time. Yeah. Yeah. How hard is it to have given your life to football and the injuries then to you know to end it prematurely on you? Like we see so many ex pros who are retired early seem to be drawn towards gambling or other addictive situations. Were you able to keep yourself away from that, or you know, truthfully, did you did you find yourself you know feeling depressed? You know, it's it's hard because it's no, such listen, an egotistical I'm, I'm sport. Tell you, I'm t- it, it definitely is right, yeah. and and I I I always felt I was a mentally strong person. Um, but what what really annoys me, what really che- what really chews me, is I couldn't fulfil my potential. I didn't feel like I ever f- fulfilled my potential. I felt I was getting there. But I remember getting into the England squad and thinking, this is this is where I belong. This, these are the players I should be playing with. These are the players I should be keeping out the team. And then in that first training session, to feel that knee injury, to, you know, something just clicking my knee and then have that swelling from that first training session, getting in the England squad, I just thought, oh, God, if I didn't have any luck, I wouldn't have no luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if I didn't yeah. have bad luck, sorry, I wouldn't have no luck. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you it... know, it, it does, and it does play havoc with your mind because, I, you know, since then, you know, I've 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 missed football like you wouldn't believe, and uh, it's it, but it, it does chew you up and spit you up, to spit you out a little bit. But it's something that you've you, you've got to get your head around. But when I look back now, it's only how dark the days were. You know, when you've come through that. Yeah. Because while you're while you while you're in them, you don't realise it. You know, you just lock yourself away. You sort of get a bit embarrassed, and you don't want to speak to anyone. Yeah, I yeah. Remember going, I remember going first two years from from retired football. I wouldn't answer my phone to anyone who was to do with football. Just didn't want to know about it. 
I didn't want to know. Yeah. Did not want to know. And um, then uh, was was it Steve Peters? Because I've read the Chim Paradox, and and uh, from that point of view, I know you went to see him, and, and you've become a probably a bit of an advocate for him. You know, did did he play a big? big role in, in maybe changing of course listen any psychologist can only sow the seeds for you it's up to you and to decide what you do with them but did you find the way he approached things really helped you it, de- it definitely helped me understand because um, I'm not one of them person who looks back retrospectively and thinks oh that went wrong That what, this is why that happened That I just get on with the situation as it is that day mm. but he definitely helped me to understand things retrospectively and, and, and to draw a conclusion and maybe say oh that happened but this is how you're going to react in the future, and uh, you know it's 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 just one of them. It's just one of them things. He he, he is an uh, an exceptional guy, and I noticed the difference when Liverpool were coming to the. You know when they could have won the league. Mm. Just the next season, right? They were so close. They were in a, a like a whiskers away from winning that league, and only from a slip from Stevie, they probably would have won the league. Right, and I'm not blaming Stevie for don't that. Don't mention the, the slip. Uh, but the next, no, don't don't mention the slip. But uh, the, the the next season, I don't think Steve Pieces was working with Liverpool as much mm. because I could tell the things that Brendan was talking about in his interviews was completely different than what he was talking about the season before. And I think, you know, Steve Pieces was one of them talking about. You know, giving the lads the confidence and letting people know what an institution and and what a fortress this that Anfield was. It's sort of like it's like psychology getting in the opposition's head. Now, them things were not spoken about the season after, and I'm thinking, I don't think Steve Peters is working there as much as he was the season before, and I think they missed it because he does play an important role. And it's it, it's I mean that's him paradox. I mean if you if you if if you've got it's more like a reference book to go back and keep reading and keep reading. It just gives you the tools daily to be able to understand yourself a little bit better. And not just for a footballer, that's for any man. Because yeah. a lot of men in the street suffer from the same problems. A lot of chimps out don't there. don't realise it. There's a lot of chimps out there, yeah. A lot of chimps out there playing with themselves, I'm telling you. <laughs> Once they're not flinging at other people when they're going by, it's all right. <laughs> all licking their fingers. <laughs> Um, there's nothing else to do when there's nobody at home <laughs> um, Dave how close were you to uh, to getting the St Mirren gig in 2014 I read that the, you, you know you were you were in the frame for that was that just speculation or were you actually were you actually close to dipping the toe in the water of management no we, we went up there and met them there was a consortium of buying in they said they wanted me to, to, to go in and do the job I spoke to it was actually a friend of a friend right. and he said um, you know this could be a great opportunity for you you know we, what they needed at that time was a lot of loan signings they never really had money to spend and uh, he knew that my contacts throughout the football I mean I've still got great contacts in yeah. football that I could I could bring in the young lads they know they, they you know if anyone was going to loan me any kids they know that I'd have them playing the right way and I'd yeah. do a good job with them and uh, wouldn't they wouldn't go back to the clubs in a worse state uh, or, or a worse frame of mind than when they came to me so that was that was going to be a, a, a big influence but what happened was they they, they seemed to have another consortium were messing about as well, bidding more money, bidding more money, overvaluing the club, which is an Argentinian consortium. And uh, they muddied the waters for an extra six to seven weeks. Now, over that period, um, it was it was the Christmas period, and there was about seven games they played, and I think they lost every one. So there was no chance I could even go in there and keep them up. So when they came back to the table and said, well, you know, the, 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 does your consortium want to buy it now? 
they said, well, no, because you, you, the, the value has gone out the club because you're actually relegated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they were relegated. Yeah, they were or as good as. Yeah, yeah. They were a good as, you know, and to go in there and try to turn it around, I mean, your first job can actually be your last job, and that definitely would have been my last job. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, what what do you make of the uh, the Sam Allardyce appointment for England? You know, I, I suppose, do you, do you think he's the right man for the job? You know, having, you, you played, you, did you have some time under him? Yes, I did. I played. Yeah. I only had six months with him at, at Bolton, but um, uh, he, he was a fantastic manager, and I was very impressed from day one. Um, he, he knows the type of football that he wants to play, but based on what he's got in his squad, yeah. you know, he, he won't. He, if you've not got footballers in your squad, there's no point asking them to play football, is there? Yeah. But if you've got a big batter and ram up front, uh, like he did in in Kevin Davis, or then you have like a, a Nicholas and Elka. Um, then you use you play to the strengths. You get the ball up there. You get the flick ons, and an elk is in bank on. Yeah, yeah. Now that's the way the football we, we you know that's the type of football we were playing at the time, and uh, it was very effective because we ended up qualifying for Europe that season, which was Bolt's highest finishing uh, season. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a great man manager. He knows his weaknesses, and I think that in itself is a, is, is a massive strength. That's why he brings in such a big staff around him because whatever he's not, whatever he can't contribute, he brings he'll in. get someone in to contribute. Yeah, I think and, uh, okay, a lot of the people who uh, look at us on, on Twitter and that think because we're a bunch of uh, Irish lads that were taking the piss out of Allardyce being appointed. But um, we, we a lot of us seem to feel that it's actually a good appointment. I think he, he brings great, as you said, great man management skills and England good. have tried to play uh, away over the last number of years that I'm not saying they're not capable of it but maybe it just doesn't suit them or it's not coming off for them and similar to what Harry Redknapp could have brought I think it's the ability to go in pull a group of players together in a short space of time because that's all you ever have for any international fixtures or tournaments and get the best out of them and and I think that's really what, what Sam Allardyce will bring to it Exactly I think what, what he will do is I mean you hit the nail on the head there he will get the best out of the players available I mean, and that's what you need at international level because you know, you, you know, you, you, your team might change. We, you know, from one month to the next, or even in the tournament, you you've just got to use the tools that are available to the best you can, and that's what his skill is. And I think in in, in tournaments, it's invaluable. Yeah, and, uh, do you know what I like about him? I like that he won't pander to the football hipsters. So there's always, you know, an in vogue way of playing, whether it's you know trying to replicate Spain or trying to replicate Germany, and and England do a very bad job of trying to play another team's style. Sam won't pander to anybody. He will just put his balls on the table and say, "This is how we're going to play. I'm going to win us football yeah. matches, and the players are going to enjoy it in the process." And and I think that's what England players need is just a manager to take the weight of expectation away from them. Um, and just give them a platform to go and enjoy themselves and play football. Exactly. I mean, you have hit the nail on the head there, but uh, I was sick of seeing England managers pander to the press. You know, if like if they were putting stories out, like saying, oh, you, you can't play him, you can't play this, or he's got to be captain. And the next thing you see that the England managers giving in to the press or the weight of expectation to from, from the, the, the country. Hmm. I think you've got to do it your own way. You've got to go in. Manage your own way. Use the tools what's available, and and go and get the job done. Which is like what Portugal did. Yeah, yeah. Day. that's what yeah. Portugal did. They won ugly. Well, it, well it, it was boring as anything to watch them, but they won a tournament, and I would settle for that now. Yeah, 
And I, well, I think bringing it back to Liverpool, I think that's something that Liverpool have changed because I think there was an element of that with, with Brendan Rodgers. He was a little bit sort of led in certain ways. But I think with Jurgen Klopp, now we have a manager who is going to do things his way. And, and he's shown that, you know, over the last number of months. We, we've, we've brought in some good additions, in my opinion, and, and moved on some of the peripheral players uh, with more likely to follow. How balanced do you think the squad looks now? And, and who's the new player that you're really like? Who's the one, if you're to pick out all of our additions, who's the one you really are looking forward to seeing for us in the, in the Premiership? Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing Mane because I like him at Southampton. I think he's exciting, he's pacey, he's direct, and, uh, you know, he, he, he plays without fear, and that's what I like. And I, I can't wait to see him at Anfield. But, at the end of the day, how many players have we seen come to Anfield with, with you know big reputations, and but they just can't play at the big club? You know, it's some of the players that we, some of the players that we. I mean, just remind me, we have brought in by the way. We've got Mane, Wijnaldum, uh, Matip, Carius, um, Carius, um, Grujic, Grujic, the Grujic. Yeah, I like the look of Grujic. He and, does uh, look a beast. <laughs> Wijnaldum looks like a good footballer, a good tidy footballer, but. I'm not sure I'd like to play him away from home. Yeah. He just looks like one of them. You know, you know when you're talking about players who can stick the foot in, yeah. when, it, when it starts getting a bit nasty, you can dig deep. He doesn't look like one of them to me. He looks like when you're playing well, he'll be great. Mm. Dave, I think who, that's what happened with Newcastle. During the time that you had your injuries, I have two questions here, and it's probably two rolled into one. You suffered with injuries. Um, mm-hmm. Was there no, ever one well, one, sorry, yeah, with one injury, uh, and it was a recurring thing, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were, were you ever put under pressure by managers to um, take injections or you know manage your pain in order to get through games, or is that something you even put yourself under pressure for? I think you can, you, you know, you do put, you, you, you want to go out there. And play. I was definitely one of them. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I put me, put me, me, you know, I'd inject myself. And I remember playing, like, you know, when I scored my first goal against the Liverpool or Cop End, Crystal yeah. Palace, I had an injection that day. Yeah, you know, had you? I think I played with a broken skateboard that day. That's the, that's the vine I tweeted of you today. Ball <laughs> in from McManaman, wasn't it? That's the one, yeah. yeah. I, I, remember, I remember scoring that goal, right? Coming on the pitch, scored about five minutes later with Jamie Redknapp. I scored it with my left foot, thank God. Yeah. But Jamie Redknapp said to me, go and take the corner straight afterwards. And my injection had wore off. <laughs> and I said to him, I can't take the corner. I can't take each. And he's screaming at me to take the corner. When I did take the corner, I don't even think I hit the 18 yard box. It's all right. We've, we've so had a season of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know, when you talk about uh, players putting themselves under pressure to play, I remember once, right? We, we, at Coventry, we were struggling with relegation. We needed to win. And Gordon Strachan said to me, are you going to be fit? I'd, already, I'd gone over on my ankle ligaments and there was no chance I was going to be fit. But it was my left foot. And he said to me, as long as you can take the set pieces, I don't care you know, what goes on. So as it happened, I could, I could kick the ball. I couldn't do anything else, but I could kick the ball from set pieces. But I did have a nightmare. And at half time, he singled me out. He said, what the, what the hell are you doing out there? What's going on? And there's something wrong with you. And I thought to myself, is he trying to stitch me? <laughs> <laughs> and what's going on here? Is it? 
Yeah, I want to say that that's the last time I ever played when I was badly injured. Yeah, yeah, you said enough. I, I can I can get abuse without your help. But yeah, yeah. John John right up here. John Flanagan is someone who I suppose you know. There's a few things that are are, are similar in the sense he's a he's a young local lads come through. He suffered a bit with injuries. Uh, new manager in now. Um, what what sort of advice might you give to him? Would it, would would it be a case similar to you where you felt it was time for you to move on? Would it be something where you would say maybe it's time for him to to find a new club and get regular football under his belt? Or what would you think is is the best thing for him? Well, I only I only I've only got an inkling of uh, of John's injury. Yeah, and, uh, you know I know it's it's a recurring one with the knee, but I would just the the advice I'd give him would be that. <laughs> Some days when your knees when your knees not feeling great, you just don't train. You go in the gym and you do a leg session. You stay off your feet now as much as possible. Yeah, and um, you know because when John plays, he's fantastic. You know it's a bit like the Paul McGrath situation. You know it's uh, he he hardly trained Paul yeah. when he when when he when he played, he was immense. Yeah, you know he was like ten men, and uh, I think it's just about for John just keeping his fist fitness up, and uh, when he does play to play well, but. Um, he is at that age now where, you know, if he's not getting regular football, even though he's got a great contract at Liverpool, I think he signed a four-year deal. You know, he's probably wanting to, to um, I'd say this season is a big season for him. If You know, if he, if he can't um, break in and, and maintain a, a first-team place this season, then maybe next season, you know, look to maybe move on. But yeah. at the time, I, I, I wouldn't advise anyone to leave Liverpool. I've got to be honest. I mean, I made that mistake and I did regret it. You know, I, I don't like to have regrets, but that is a moment I look back on and think, bloody hell, lad, if, on, if only it had landed on heads. Yeah. 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 I went back to my mum's in, in Liverpool and I was staying there, but I knew I had training. I had to get up to, to go training for Coventry about uh, to get up about five o'clock to, to make the journey down. But for some reason, as I woke up from my mum's, got in the car, gone on autopilot to Melwood. <laughs> <laughs> Just rocked up at the gates and no one was there. It's <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. I'm beeping the horn. I'm beeping the horn. <laughs> the next thing, the gate opens like this. And we used to have this gate fella called Jack. I said, Jack, what's going on? He went, you don't play here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I went, shit. Part of me was quicker. Honestly. Not, not only that, but you were late getting to Coventry as well. We played just fine. Dave, uh, you, you recently broke your association with TalkSport. And... Um, you know, there's. I suppose there's there's a, an understanding of why that might be. A few people have done it, Stan Collymore and and a few others. Was that due to your own personal beliefs, um, or do you feel that maybe there's an unfair pressure on all people associated with LFC to boycott anything to do with News Corp related? Because, you know, I understand the whole Sun thing, and and we all do. That's a perfect you know reason to to not go there. But when you look at talk sport. How does it differ? And 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 I'm I'm open to education on this because maybe I don't understand as much. But how does that differ to Sky Sports? You know, both owned by News Corp, both you know. Well, as, I think yeah. If you look, if you look at it from last season, then um, Talksport was sponsored by the Sun. Yeah. Now, 
to have a sponsorship and then they must be directly owned mm-hmm. by uh, the company, this the parent company to the sub. I mean, if you'd have looked at it last season, a lot of quotes <clears throat> from a lot of the presenters and stuff like that were directly uh, leaked into the into the sun or any controversial statements were, were put directly into the sun. You didn't see them go so much into the times. Yeah. It was more they were working closely with each other. And I think now that they're, they're, they're basically owned by, by News Corp and um, and uh, basic, basically News Corp is the parent company to the Sun. Yeah. But Talk Sports have got a very close working relationship with them. And I just felt, you know, sponsorship one thing, but then receiving direct wages. Um, is a different thing. Is different is... And, I, and I don't think it never come out and really, really apologised, have they? No, no, you know, it was it was a, a forced apology. Let's let's be honest. It was never an it was uh, a forced apology, yeah. but um, I'm just it wondering just one of them things that it, it, it was it was an, it was a complete injustice to Liverpool people and, and you know there's got to be there's got to be a point where you know, I don't want my quotes going in there. I was already misinterpreted by then yeah. when I was an eighteen year old kid. I, I you know, for, I don't want to. Be, even though I'm only co-commenting on the games, you know, I don't want any of my statements appearing in the sun or appearing like I'm collaborating with the sun because it would be disrespectful to 96 people who lost their lives one yeah. day. No, that's 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 understandable. Like, and and, and I completely. But I can understand that, that the likes of, of uh, you know, I think you know Mickey Quinn. He, he was full time employed by them, and and, and that's his. It's his living. It's his livelihood. And, and yeah. You know, I know Didi does a lot of work for him. Danny Murphy, Danny Murphy works for the station. Um, I, know, Alison, every, every, I know they probably, yeah. they probably are feeling a lot of pressure and I, I, I don't know how they're going to react with that, but it, it's not for me to comment on them. No, I know no. that they would be feeling a little bit of pressure, but I mean, my time was, uh, I was probably doing one day a week, going down to, to watch the games in the studio and commenting, commenting yeah. on it. You know, it's when I when I weighed it up, it was um, it was not a decision that um, it was that I took lightly, but because um, I enjoyed my work for Talksport, yeah. But I didn't want any any association with the Sun. No, I that's know that's that them lads are feeling under a little bit of pressure. But in terms of News Corp directly owning Sky TV as well, um, I don't think the likes of Canada or anyone like that should definitely from step down from their positions because it, it it's not the same thing. No, it's not. And that's where I was making the, the mistake, I suppose, in the sense that I felt if you were just commentating for TalkSport and they're owned by News Corp, let's be honest, Rupert Murdoch owns, you could pick a product out of every room in every house in the world and he probably owns something to do with one of those companies or has a an interest in them. So it's yeah, the fact yeah, that your yeah. quotes were being directly put into the sun. That makes perfect sense as to why you would step down. They, they, they'd yeah. work, they'd work, yeah. they, they've got a close co- collaboration with each other. Yeah. And I think anything that would be controversial would be definitely leaked Would end up in. Not leave, but it, it, it would be reported by the Sun. I mean, it, it wouldn't be reported by the Times. It would be reported by the Sun newspaper. Okay, okay. And what, what's uh, what, what's have you any opinion on on Sacco with with what's happened recently? Or you know, I suppose there's been such a with the Peds and and did he didn't he take something that was banned? Now it's come to the point where he's been sent home, and it's is it an attitude problem or is it actually just work on a, an injury? What what's your take on it? Uh, I don't know. We're, we're, we're only believing the press again. I mean, I, I, I recently looked online to, to see this little documentary, this little like GoPro thing that he was, was filming all around the, the camp. And I think 
I think sometimes he's a larger than life character, but I think sometimes he maybe be a little bit too much like a clown and mm. not be taken seriously. You know, he can, he can be good to have around in small doses, but I think sometimes when you're interrupting the manager in, in an interview, sometimes it can be a little bit disrespectful. You've got to know when to draw the line yeah. that your manager, he is friendly, but he's not your friend, he's your manager. Yeah. Don't overstep the mark. The touch and of the Mario's. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's you know, that's fair enough. Um, Dave, for me, he might have been sent home anyway. He was late for the plane, wasn't he? That's yeah, that's a He was late for the plane, so that's a little bit disrespectful as well. Maybe you know the manager's just a little bit upset. Just put just yeah. the whip. Maybe just say, putting yeah, the marker yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, making a, making an example of him. You know, yeah. I'm a friendly guy, but don't take the piss. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's absolutely fair enough. So, listen, Dave, I, I appreciate your time. It's it's been great, absolutely great, having a chat with you. And uh, from all the boys here, we we really appreciate it. Right, boys. So uh, we are off the back of a relatively handy. 2-0 win versus Huddersfield who I personally was quite impressed by I have to say I'm having a little flutter on them to maybe get promotion out of the championship about this last week no I'm sure well Seems our so. podcast was on Huddersfield our podcast was on Tuesday when was the game Wednesday ah yeah so unless we're in the DeLorean again <laughs> yeah they, they were putting the tackles in, weren't they? They didn't they fucking <laughs> shirk anything, did they? Didn't give a bollocks. Uh, Wagner, Wagner might have been his friend, but I tell you what, there was no shortage <laughs> Anytime of... Anytime someone says Wagner, <laughs> I just take your man off. Yeah, off X Factor <laughs> yeah. with the curly Bonus blonde hair. Wagner, I want you to, to play well. <laughs> what, did we, what did we make of it? I thought, I, I'm going to jump in and say the first thing... George should have been allowed to take that penalty. Yeah, Moreno's yeah. a gee back. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. He should have let him step up and take that penalty. Any game that the substitute keeper has to come on as a centre and play up top, <laughs> it will always go down in the annals of great games. <laughs> yeah, he should just come on and say, "His first touch penals. is fucking dead." You see yeah, the, the, like, rest <laughs> the rest of the game is irrelevant, right? The yeah, first right. touch puts it. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> did you see? And when he went through on goal, and the referee blew up, he wasn't offside. But yeah, way. did you see Jamie or uh, fucking Jason? McAteer was in stitches laughing because he made this like side shimmy to yeah. get back on side and then made his run and the poor bastard he probably was offside by half a yard but still nah, you'd outside. think the lino would have just let <laughs> him <laughs> off <laughs> just let him off say ah listen fair play to you mate you're a buzzer yeah. <laughs> the only the only thing to take out was again Ejaria was very good um, I really like him yeah mm-hmm. he's definitely our best midfielder after I ever <laughs> the new Pogba yeah and uh, Grooge looks really good as well and you cannot, like that him and, and Chan would be just two fucking man mountains in the centre midfield. You don't and that's why you don't need defensive midfielders. When you have players that physical and, and that capable on the ball, mm. you don't need them. Um and that's what that's why we aren't going for defensive midfielders. People just need to get over themselves when it comes to defensive midfielders. Like it's not yeah. gonna happen. Just just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. And then um Carrius pulls off a brilliant save. He's yeah. just fucking so cool. Like I've been creeping on him on the internet. Like he's he's a dreamboat, and have you seen his misses? He is a dreamboat. He's a dreamboat with even, a hot misses, even for and a massive cock. <laughs> <laughs> but he also is a very good goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah he is. And, and as it turns out, <laughs> the primary reason we bought him was not for his good looks or his attractive misses. The, the thing, the thing I like about him, and this is a new one we signed him. He's very vocal. Mm-hmm. Even even that he's only come in, you can hear him on the television. Like you could you could hear him fucking abusing people for not taking yeah. the right positions. He's just he's. Confident in himself, and it's been like we haven't had a goalkeeper like that since Reina was there. Yeah, he knows like, how he well, wants his defense set up in front yeah, of him, and he's telling them, and yeah. he's talking to him all the time. And that, and being able to throw the ball and being able to kick the ball, 
Like, and then he was making a and save. Making worldly saves. It's, but yeah, you know what? It, it's, it's, it, Mignolet made some worldly saves, but he's going to have to make one of them every four or five games. That sort of save. Let's be honest. Like most keepers, it's barring a, a peppering of a match. The way I kind of see it is Mignolet's the type of guy that sort of doesn't say anything to Carius when Carius tries to pull his misses. Yeah. Carius is the type of guy to take his misses. Yeah. Do you want to say, do, do, do you know, I know what I mean when you think oh, of it like oh, that? So, so you're, you're going home with my wife tonight, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, now, I'll see you in the morning. But even when Carius <laughs> made the mistake, again, who did we play before? <laughs> yeah. he, his that response to that on Twitter it's, it's, was fucking brilliant. But, but, yeah. even, but it was even beyond the response to that, it was the reaction to the mistake. Yeah. He gets himself out of jail. Yeah. Yeah. Too many times we have keepers who don't get themselves out of yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's a goal. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think the big, big thing. And he takes a he takes a smack to get himself out of jail there as yeah. well. Like mm. your man burst him, yeah. and he just gets it's up hard, and shakes he, it off. Strong, really good hands. You could see it. Like he's also he's been when he's come for a cross, the defense knows he's come for yeah. a cross, and he takes it right. Yeah. The other big thing about him was that you know you're looking at these teams and you're saying, oh, you know they're not up to much, blah blah blah, right? But exactly back to your point. An awful lot of the games, we are going to dominate the teams that we're playing against, right? He's not going to see much of the ball, and you're only going to be calling on him maybe once or twice in the game. Mm. And he's shown a really good concentration level to say, you know, that you know that when something does happen, he's there, he's alert, he's quick, he's quick off his line as well. So it's good. Yeah. That's all good to see. But like, genuine, all, 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 you know, things aside, there was a the Huddersfield game. I thought Huddersfield looked very well. They passed the ball very well. Their mm. goalkeepers played very well. They were very good with their feet. And um, there was more for Huddersfield to take over than ourselves because of going down to ten men and having to play the, the subkeeper yeah. on top. Um, and the, like I, I'm still a bit concerned about the attacking side of the game. I'm not seeing the fluidity in the attack that you're expecting to see, and it's it, it's crying out for a centre forward just to start linking this whole team yeah. together. I think for for me, the one thing, and I agree with Phil, we were a little bit blunt in certain areas, but I think if you bring in the likes of uh, Origi and Storage, I, I think that, that changes. And I think the one thing that stood out for me, apart from the players that you mentioned, um, is Mane. Now, he's a bit of a rough diamond, but what he brings to the team is sheer pace, unpredictability and he a looks to, yeah, and just runs beyond people we yeah. we haven't I, I feel like we haven't had that in a long time and he can turn you know uh, a ball that's tossed away into the corner into something it's 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 what Origi did towards the back end of last season when he was being brought on for Sturridge after 60-65 minutes and you were just seeing Sturridge seemed to be playing within himself and we were commenting on it within the WhatsApp or whatever else it was it was this player to just bomb on and, and all of a sudden that back four of the opposition is 10 yards further towards their own goal yeah. and it's because they're worried about him in behind and it, it opens so much up for our midfield which if we're only going to play one man up top and we're going to have three in behind that having Mane and Origi or if we get Danny Sturridge back totally fit that, that, that'll be a massive addition it must be, be it must that. be for, uh, really pleasing as well for Coutinho because he loves movements around him and if you yeah. have runners from, from the areas that Mane's starting you know going beyond people he can find those little gaps those through balls and, and he and said worry. that during the week he was, he? yeah he came out and just said we just you know we knew he was fast before he signed it's when you see him now he said he can make your bad ball look like a good ball <laughs> yeah. you know and it's it's having a player that's quick enough to do that um, we move on then maybe to Sacco Gate you know, and it's going to be done to death. So let's not stand, spend too long spend on it. My comment on the Sacco thing is that you know, while he's been thrown under a bus again. <laughs> oh, I wasn't even. Do you see me look up then when he said, "I was like, oh, I can't do it. I can't. I can't." I, can't do it. <laughs> I was, I was hoping to get a little bit of needle from you two tonight. <laughs> he's been giving me needle all fucking week. I know. I've been watching it. I've been in the fucking messages. He tried uh, to get a rise out of me today, and you didn't. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Um, no, no. But like the, the thing about Saka was 
Right, the, I, I, I'm laughing more at the fucking commentary that's going on around the yeah. thing, right? It's Everybody's like, back on sides again. It's a partisan. Oh, it's like it's it's it's, it's we love a divide. Yeah, there's never going to be. It's a, either yeah, as I said, he's either I I, I put up that poll the, the other the day. Thing, he, thing, he's thing either what? a god. Or he eats babies. Yeah. You know, they're your options. <laughs> it's one of your, the yeah. thing, thing for me is that, right, nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. Even the journalists, right? But they've, they've obviously been told something more than the rest of us have been told, right? But you can't start the sentence saying everyone is guessing and then state something as fact a couple of tweets later on. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. because, the, like, you can't be saying, oh, Sky Sports News is saying that he's coming back for treatment when you would have been probably one of the ones that says you can't trust Sky Sports News, so they're always behind the news and yeah. whatever's going on. Well, they contradicted themselves within about 15 it's, minutes It's of the each stories other. They, they create to suit their agenda. I think if you look at it on face value, and people, the thing that annoys me is if you criticise a player's professionalism, for example, so if you say that Sacco was at fault for the drug issue because, okay, you know, I don't want to sort of open up a can of worms again, but he should be consulting the club if he's putting stuff in his body. So that's unprofessional. Mm. If I say that, it doesn't mean that I hate Sacco. Oh, it it's does. just he has it. But that's no, what it's it it <laughs> I actually like Sacco. I think he's a good guy. Oh, and I think boss, he... here comes the number 77, eh? There's James <laughs> Sacco under the bus. No, I know what you're saying there. It's, you can't have an opinion for and against. Uh, you're either an apologist or you absolutely yeah, hate and, that person. And, and to be honest, I like, I, I like Sacco. I think he seems a good guy and I think he's got big potential. I think he's a bit erratic, but yeah. I think there's a good player in there I think he's one of our better defenders mm. but he has been unprofessional three times that I can think of now under Rodgers he stormed out before the Merseyside derby which for me is that's that's not forgivable that, that that's not good but we, we move on then he comes to missing um, uh, the, the drugs test. So that was unprofessional again. Then well, it could, the, the mix-up. The mix-up, sorry. sorry. Not missing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the mix-up. And then, you know, if you believe the, the stories that are coming out, or, okay, if we sidestep that and say what Klopp said. Mm. So we're not believing newspaper reports. He said that he was missing uh, flights. missing flights, which even back to, to my local level of playing, if you're late for football, you're in shit. Yeah. If you mess around, you're on your phone. You're in shit. Mm. You have to pay money, and you'll get it. You'll get a bollocking. If I spoke when my manager was trying to speak, he'd throw a fucking cup at my head, mm. and that's the way it should be. And I think it was a series of events. And Klopp, it's not a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's just Klopp drawing a line in the sand, saying, "Don't fuck with me." Yeah, it, it works. Yeah, it works in football because even at junior level, we had it. If you weren't in the, it was an eleven o'clock kickoff. If you weren't in the park by ten o'clock, team got picked at ten o'clock. Yeah. You rock in at two minutes past ten. You're on the bench. Tough shit. Yeah. Tough shit. Doesn't matter if you're the best player. You're on the bench. Yeah. Have some respect. Get there on time. And it, and it goes all the way to professional level. In fact, it should be more so at professional level. I agree. And and I think you know a lot of people have been talking about Sacco's leadership skills. And I, and I do think you know of the players that we've got. I think he'd certainly be up there in displaying leadership skills. But I think. When you're going on trips like this and you're representing the club, I think he has a, a certain code of conduct that he has to follow, especially when you look at young players. When you're injured, when you're injured, as simple as this, when you're injured, you have to work twice as hard to do the right thing. To be around the squad. To yeah. be around yeah. the squad. It's easy to do it when you're training and you're part of everything that's going on. When you're injured, you've got a lot of free time. And this is even professional footballers. They have a lot of free time in between the rehabilitation mm. and stuff that's going on, more so than the other team. It's they must they can't be the clown extra hard mm, yeah. everyone enjoys a bit of a bit of yeah. crack everyone enjoys a fella who's going to make the, the dressing room laugh People love when it starts about... becoming disruptive exactly yeah. that's when it starts becoming a problem yeah. 100%. now we don't know what's going on again this is all guesswork and it's all fucking conjecture but you can see the logic in what's going on here that if this has happened behind closed doors Klopp isn't happy with what it is he's putting a marker down to the rest of the players saying yes you can have we can all have the crack once we're winning once we're following what I'm saying to do if you don't follow it there's the door 
and I don't care who you are, yeah. you're going through the door. Right. We need to realise though, it doesn't have to be about going through the door. Every time it you is, know, well, every time you have an argument with your missus, you're not instantly breaking up. But if the way football is reported in tabloids, if it was, if your relationship was reported like that, you'd be breaking up every second fucking day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what we need to realise is it's quite okay, and this is the world of social media, and everything has to be explained to the nth degree. It's quite okay for the manager to say, "Listen, you're meant to be here." as a little bit of a bonus to be around the group and be rehabilitating at the same time. If you're not able to do that, go back and we'll deal with you when we come back. It doesn't mean we're now looking for clubs to buy Sacco. Well, for people panicking that Sacco's out the door, remember that Sacco's a player who refused to play in a match and was banned from three, three games or whatever it was because he refused to play. He continues to pay for, play for the club. He signed a contract extension subsequently. Disciplinary matters happen at all clubs. Mm. Chill the fuck out. Exactly. Stop yeah. picking sides. And just enjoy pre-season because when the season kicks off, if things aren't going well, you'll have something. You'll have something to actually moan about. Wait until me. they're actually. You know what? Enjoy pre-season when it's the time you don't have to moan. Yeah, yeah. because there'll be plenty to moan about during yep. the season. If and it's not if it's transfers, if it's whatever it is, it's co- it's constant moaning. Just fucking go outside, enjoy the sunshine, have a drink. <laughs> have a wank do something right just get away from Twitter stop looking at Twitter it's as bad as Pokemon Go just start enjoying reality there's real people you can leave your bedroom you can walk outside you don't need to be in the brotherhood of the wardrobe throw on our pod yeah throw on our pod <laughs> have a stroll around if, <laughs> and just stop looking at, 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 at Twitter Nobody really cares what you're saying on there. You might think they do, but nobody does. Right? No, you can say whatever you want. It's not real. It's not real. It really isn't. Nothing is real. Yeah. It's all a fucking simulation. When people realise it's all a simulation that there's mad aliens just having a laugh at what Okay, we're let's doing. get off your sci-fi <laughs> shit. Since we've had the last pod, um, we have moved on Joe Allen and brought in uh, Wijnaldum. Do we think, you know, I suppose, first of all, are we done? Or we probably all feel there's maybe a left back to come in if Brad Smith is gone. But is that us done then? Brad if, Smith's gone. Yeah. No, he went Charlie today. Yeah, Taylor saying, is the new left the new link, left back. The new link. The Leeds left back. Right. Okay. Charlie okay. Taylor. Yep. Okay. Um, look, at, at the end, uh, if, well, if, first of all, are we happy? Are if, we happy with the, where the squad is? I'll put it this way. Where Klopp was trying to play Joe Allen in that sort of as an attacking midfielder type. Right? Yeah. Wijnaldum is a better player in that position than Joe Allen is. Yes. Quite, that's quite simple, right? Well, one assist in four seasons tells us that. Mm. Outside, I'm just saying, in terms of the style of player that he wants to bring in, Wijnaldum fits that position. Again, we're signing players to fit the way we want to play. That's brilliant. If, if players have to go because of it, we got a great fee for, for Joe Allen for a guy that was in the last year of his contract and basically has cost us nothing because we got back yeah. what we spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were expecting to get six or seven million for Allen last season of the year. It's just thankful that the money has come into the Premiership that move, it has. If we can move Lucas and we can move a few more, it's going to be a good Yeah, we're win. looking at getting rid of Benteke, Lucas, um, Markovic is probably going to go. I know you feel that he might stick around, but I don't know. I think there might just be too much competition there. And even in the games that he's played so far, he hasn't no, done no, anything to you. show I you. I, I, thought, I thought he would have shown more under Yeah, minutes. and that's unfortunate. And he still might. There's still plenty of games left. And he, and he might. Ball, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, well, he's got an assist, doesn't he? But anyway, listen. On, on paper, it's a weird one because I can't remember a transfer window where we seem to have managed the transfer so well. It's not only just in, scary, in getting money in, um, but we've addressed key areas. So like I, I always said it last year that we didn't have power through our spine. So if you look at Carius, he it has confidence, height, um, a presence, Matip, confidence, a, a presence, um, Gru- Gruich as well, power. You know, the, yeah. and you look right through the spine and then you say, okay, well, from wide, do we have any pace? Marnie's come in to add that pace, that directness. Um, 
I think if we and, and Wijnaldum just to touch on him, I, I think he's a technically superb player. Um, I agree with what Tomo said earlier that I, I think he might go missing away from home. It'd be interesting to see how he does that. Um, but I think as a, as a technical footballer that adds goals from midfield, which we've lacked, I, I think it's a great. He was, he was Dutch player of the season the year before last and he year. Captain PSV. Uh, you know, we're talking about a player that well, when, you know, Memphis was was apparently tearing up the Dutch league. He, he didn't win that that season. You know, when Aldum did, and and lots of people raised eyebrows when when Memphis went for what close to thirty million, and and when Aldum was bought for thirteen or fourteen. So I think. Was you it know, that high the fee? Was it up? I think it was. I think it was twenty yeah. odd. I think so. I could be wrong on that. Do you know what? They paid twenty odd for, oh, for who? For Depay. For oh, it, it was yeah, it was late twenties. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what's mad? They get away like we get a bad name about our transfers, but they make some well, absolute shockers. Yeah, no. Th- I suppose there's two reasons for that. We get a bad name for it because it's all Liverpool fans that we're talking to most of the time. So mm. we're, we we yet again. D- dissect everything to the end. Yeah, you, you can be absolutely, fans, yeah. you can absolutely be sure that there's tons of Man United fans feeling the same way about this. Mm-hmm. They have a huge revenue stream. Yeah. Thirty million quid to them. They 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 don't care. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal to them because they make so much more money than us. Well, yeah. we can spend so, on 120 million on Pogba. Yeah, it's it we will never you know we, until we're uh, you know bringing in double what we're bringing in. We'll never be in a position to do that. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of bringing the power into the spine of the team, and and I think <laughs> bringing the power. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know we we are we're, it's it's and we I've said it a few times on here. It's about balance. Mm-hmm. It's about bringing the balance to the team. And Klopp has addressed the transfers in terms of not big names not pandering to what fans want or what he thinks the press want to hear. He's gone after people that he feels will bring personality and what he needs in terms of attributes into the team. And I think he's done it. How do you see us starting um, next season in the middle with the two and the one and the one and the two? Who do you think will be in the two and the one and the one and the two? Behind the tree in front of the four? Yeah, that one. Because yeah. um, there's options. There's genuine there, there options. Genuine I think is, it, uh, it starts Channing Henderson. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it's down to Bruges how good his performances are to replace one of those two. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how I think. And I think Ajaria comes, starts getting a few games between the League Cup and the trophy thing that's mm. going on. I think Ajaria is going to, if he keeps this way, is going to play his way in. Because Klopp just said, Ajaria, no. Mm. He's just not. That's not what we're looking at him for. Him and Woodburn, they're going back down. We want to take them back out of the spotlight. But you know what? You can't do that if a player is playing his way into a team and he's not quite there yet it, I really no. do like him and I think he's got all the attributes maybe this time next year we'll be talking whatever happened to him maybe the next, he'll be the new Suso you know yeah. we just don't know it's all about what that young but lad he's, does he's, uh, skipping again, injuries whatever he's ideally placed himself now for the League Cup games for that Football League trophy thing that's going on right there well we've, we've opted out of that no, the, the Premier League, the Premier League just put all the... T- the no, the, no, no ourselves, no. City, United, Arsenal, have Everton are in have it, all opted out. Everton are in it, uh, Chelsea are in it, uh, Newcastle aren't. There's, a, a, I think, 15 of the 20. Well, then, Grant, so yeah. you've got the League Cup games and you've got FA Cup games as yeah. well. Well, there's so, the, yeah, there's a big thing for the um, developmental league, I think. That's why they opted out of the other the one. The under 23s. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Do you know what's mad? And this is maybe a sign of modern football fans, that Henderson... Although hampered by injury last year, he's done a lot of good in recent years for Liverpool. Yeah, but he's yeah. finished. Do you think he's finished? Mm. I just think it's mad that when people, people have him written off. Yeah, like they're, oh, they're, they're doing like their teams and Gruwich, Gruwich is in the team ahead yeah. of Henson. They've it's seen like, him in he's played three, two three games. Halves, three halves. Yeah, and, and he's in there now and our the captain. captain. Yeah. The captain has been shipped out like he's Lucas. Yeah, that's actually, crazy. Actually, the funny thing is, people are going nuts about the thoughts that Lucas or Joe Allen would be sold. But people aren't. most people aren't batting the fucking eyelid at the fact that our captain, who is an excellent player, he really is. He's had a bad season through injury, but he adds assists. He scores goals. He he has tons of energy. Mm. Everything that Klopp would want from a central midfielder, mm. Jordan Henderson possesses. 
in my opinion. I think the difficult thing with Henderson is he needs he's one of those players that can't coast at 70% fit he has to be 100% fit to add the value but yeah. when he is 100% fit he's, like we've seen in the in the the, uh, that, that injury, the big season if that injury is not cured right yeah that's why he's finished yeah but only if and he's saying he feels better than he's ever felt. Yeah, when I hear when I hear things like that, I hear Brian Robson. So I just that's that's why it's I a horrible just, injury. It's, it's, a, it's, it's why it's why I doubt it so much. Yeah, no, I don't. And, and, and I hope I'm wrong. And, we'll and, find it, and, and that's not me Listen, hoping that I'll he's finished. I'll text you at six o'clock in the morning when I see him play tonight. I'll be up. <laughs> well, then I'll be texting you <laughs> during the match. I'll be up. I'll be having my porridge. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Getting um, ready to go to work. Are we ever going to find a home for Super Mario? Yep. Don't say Besiktas yeah. because it's come out today. I read the quotes from the Besiktas <laughs> chairman, and then I read Twitter twenty minutes later. So it went from Besiktas research. research. Uh, I went from Besiktas chairman going Balotelli, yeah, sure, why not? Like I'd say, you know, that bird in the bar, would I? Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> to him saying he has, you know, he is adamant that they want to sign him. You know, that's what it went to on Twitter. He, he they were buying the tickets to Turkey for him no, today. He, well, of course, we are. Well, I'd buy him a ticket for Turkey <laughs> if he'd fuck off. But. Are we going to get rid of Balotelli? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think some loan I was just to say, Fiorentina where we pay all his wages. On the last day of the window. Yeah. And, uh, and we throw in Lucas or something. No, we pay 70% of his wages for the last year of his contract and he fucks off for free next year. Yeah. That, yeah. Somebody put that up earlier on and they're absolutely bang on, whoever it was. I think that's what happens. The, we, the we're not lucky enough. Closed, I think. Yeah. yeah. How were we the only team that didn't benefit from some Chinese fuckers coming in and paying 60 million for pandas again the pandas the pandas <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started couldn't, on get, a, couldn't get an panda audience story. with the pandas that man is my hero he is the bloke who stitched up it was it was just gold I didn't get a chance to talk about this till now but my god I fucking love that man. I'd love to get him on. I'd love to get him on the podcast and it's, talk it's, about. It's just the pandas. I'd love to hear his talk. It's not just the pandas. But it's it, the, it actually but the is pandas. Adds to it. The pandas, as he said himself, was where he really thought he was pushing the boat out and thought, "Nah, this fella's never going to take this." But sure as fuck, <laughs> he was buying passes to the zoo. <laughs> anyway, um, so we reckon we're going to find a home for him. Last day yeah. of the window, and he's out of the way. So trippers, trippers chats. Trippers chat. What have we got? What have we got in the what can? What have we got in the what can? Have got? What have we got? Okay, what have we Spin got? Sorry, 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 sorry. There's so much shite in this that I am looking for just the uh, fucking liked ones. There was a batch of them together, but there's so much happened in the afternoon. There was a few actually. Yeah, but then there was a ton of stuff went on the timeline. Okay, next one. Um, worst non-LFC player you've ever seen play in the Premier League. I think that was actually for Tomo, but we didn't get a chance to, to ask him stuff. Worst non-LFC player. player. Yeah, you've ever seen play in the Premier League. So that comes in from... Uh, Holy Hibbis. <laughs> Alex uh, Barilaro. Andreas Salenzi, when he played for Forrest. Andreas Salenzi. Centre forward, he signed up from Torino as far as I know. He had a joint nose. I mean, like he, oh he had a beak. yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He was like a fucking pelican. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, was monstrous. He, he was. We're talking about Forrest under Frank Clark kind yeah, of the yeah, time, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Curly black hair. Yeah, long. And yeah, yeah. Like down to his shoulders. Enormous nose. All like, I can remember is the nose. Just like that. It was yeah. just like this. And bent. 
<laughs> yeah, big hook nose, big yeah. fucking proper. Wasn't that that guy geek. who played for Southampton and basically blagged that he was George Weah's brother? Yeah, and he Christoph came on for oh, fucking yeah, eight minutes and he got well, hooked Seamus off. was manager as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Um, he couldn't believe you got into the oh, team. What's going on? Brilliant, isn't it? We've been terrible actually because we got some questions in. There was one that about were for what, Davey Thomas. What is what is the best combination of crisps and chocolate? What's the best comment? I think, I think you have to go for potato, cheese, and onion, and a bag of dairy milk. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. And and the problem is, a lot of our listeners are in are in England. They yeah. won't have tried potato crisps. potato crisps. So they're probably let's take Walker's cheese and onion and multiply them by ten in deliciousness. Because mm. potato and king are superior to uh, I, I, to I, Walkers. I, I know it's it's crisp, but I, I've gotten into this peanut butter and Nutella. On bread and a, well, on, no, on chocolate a peanut butter is perfect. Roll it all up, yeah, right? and it's almost like a star bar. Interesting. It's fucking. It, I tell you what, it's addictive. You, you go like, <laughs> so you just spread on the peanut butter, spread on the Nutella, and then roll, roll the piece up. of bread, yeah, and eat it like, like a fucking, <laughs> yeah. eat it like a Cadbury's mini roll. Yeah. Did you create that, or were you shown that? No, I created. I was there one day. I was like, <laughs> what's uh, in the press? I was like, <laughs> I was like so it was either. Ham, ham and Nutella or peanut butter but then, I went, then, I went, then I went to the young one and said hey you try that for us <laughs> <laughs> look, what, look what daddy made you I'm looking at her face it's a star bar app and she goes daddy that's gorgeous and I was like okay yes. then I'll make one myself it's like oh it is yeah I will try that then <laughs> um, if you do it on toast as well oh, Jesus it's gorgeous on toast so I'm even going to give a bit of credence to a non-Liverpool fan who came in today and said, uh, why did Klopp get a new contract after your worst <laughs> Premier League Is that Dave Egan by any chance? Yeah, it was Dave Egan. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Is it? Yeah. yeah, so he said, why did he get a new contract after your worst Premier League season ever? Um, I'm not because sure Because he was. wasn't there for the no. whole season? Yeah, well, listen. And he showed enough improvement in the time that he was there and he's one of the best managers around. That's he got us to right two there. finals. He got us to two finals. Yeah. We're, we're a European final. 45 minutes away from Champions League football. Had we not been playing our second string for the last five weeks of the season, we wouldn't have finished it. The other thing I'll say is that when we talked about the start of the season, we, uh, somebody said, what was your expectation? I wanted to be at least six within six points of the top four. We finished within six points of the top four. Yeah. Although this league was crap in the whole lot, but like we still finished within six points of the top four. Shannon at Shannon underscore LFC asks, "What's scarier, lizards or snakes?" For me, there's n- I, that's not even a question. Like, snakes, snakes all day, yeah, all day long. I've never been afraid of even big iguanas, lizards. We had one <laughs> as a iguana. yeah, like a fucking. Oh, no, I would say a komodo dragon would sh- would fucking. Okay, fuck okay. Let's over. take like that's like saying a boa constrictor. So you're talking about your average garden snake. Or a fucking boa no, constrictor. Man. St. Patrick. Yeah, I, thank God. Chased all the snakes yeah, out. Yeah, fair play. Every Paddy. single one of them. <laughs> Every Imagine single. what he was doing. Not even, in the, not even in the pet shops you can't Convert the, the lads to Christianity, chase the snakes. Yeah. Well, we'll do the snakes first and then we worry yeah. about Christianity. <laughs> what I'll do is, I'll chase all the snakes out and when I show them I've done that, they'll all convert naturally. Yeah. He took the easier <laughs> job in getting rid of the snakes because there was only seven of them actually in was, Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So he got rid of the seven snakes from Ireland mm. and one for every day of the week and then decided when they know that all the snakes are gone everybody just want to go become They're going to go Christian. Jesus Christ how did you get Let's it? give up our Well they didn't say Jesus 18, Christ they said, they said Raz rule. Yes. How did you do all One of stuff? our 18 pagan gods yeah. uh, that they used in vain God of snakes The God of snakes yeah. Anyway so we've decided snakes What's your favourite holiday beer? Favourite holiday beer Mmm I like Estrella Dam Right It's a lovely beer and the real Peroni in Italy the one in the red bottles 
That's I've never had it. It's a different to the one yeah. over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah see, the, the one we get over here is the combination of the two breweries, Peroni and Nastro Azzurro, right? So you get Peroni and Nastro Azzurro. Mm. In Italy, Nastro Azzurro is the green bottle. Peroni is a red bottle. Okay. And it's lovely. Right. I like Dos Eques. Dos Eques? <clears throat> it's two X's, basically, is what it uh, translates to. And it's a big Mexican beer. And oh. It's delicious. And I'm not, I'm not a big beer fan, but... There you go. Um, the culture in, in Cologne is ah, fucking you know spectacular. In, in in the Corkonian. Yeah. Actually, that was delicious. But straight out of the tap. I don't know what the culture is like from bottles or whatever else, but Vinny, he must have his kegs about a foot. Strong beer as well over there. Yeah, well, I, I don't know how strong it is. It seemed to work on all of us, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> it could have been the pace at which Vinny was putting it into us as well. But uh, but no, the, the, the pull on the on the pints were, were, uh, the, the local, were the, delicious. The, the culch is fucking yeah, gorgeous. It is really tasty, yeah. Uh, how many rounds would you fellas last against the notorious McGregor? Who'd survive the longest? I'm going to say pr- I'd last as long as it took me to run out of the ring. Um <laughs> That's as good as I'd I'd get. be climbing up the cage yeah. and everything, hiding up the top of it. Yeah. He used to play for Yellowstone, which are a local football team in Crumlin. He wasn't massive at that point and played on the pitch right beside where we played and he'd have killed me then. So <laughs> looking at him now, he... Definitely. Uh, just one box. That's all it would take. Just one... And would, listen, what, he, there, he knocked out professional MMA fighters with one dig. <laughs> What's he going to do to a run, fanny like run me? Run away as fast as possible yeah, and yeah, hope yeah. that he can't catch yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, I would just hope that... And he would catch me. That's the problem. I know, yeah. So he'd catch me and get me on the ground and box the head off me until the um, the ref came over and stopped it. So I'd shoot for a takedown just to say that I'd got a double leg on him and then he'd strangle me. And then I'd be out. I'd rather that. I'd rather him um, get me in a choke and put me out than knock me out and break my jaw. Yeah, but so I'd, I'd run. Sh- I'd run towards him and he'd knock me out doing that as well. It wouldn't matter. He's gonna <laughs> fucking. Uh, if you went, if you went down with windmills, do you reckon like you'd freak him out? You know what the fuck's going on? I start hitting yourself in the head. No, I think the only I think the only way I'd I'd have a chance at him is if I whip my flute out and start doing the helicopter <laughs> as I ran at him. Because he'd get like, what's this fella doing? Is he wanking? Is he what's he? Is he just doing the helicopter at me? And you might get close to him at that point. And then just go bang one, and then just go. It's over. Listen, do what you're gonna do. I got one dig on you. Yeah, yeah. So I think that I think that's my approach. The helicopter as I ran at him. Yeah, like I, I don't think I'd be quick enough to hit him. In fairness, no, but I, I don't have a hope of. Doing a single thing. Anyway, uh, the best <laughs> drink to start your weekend of fun in Lisbon. Well, I've never been to Lisbon, so I'd like to start Superbok, by going to... Superbok Premium. S- Superbok is good. Superbok Premium, they're in, a, in a, like a silver bottle. Lovely. Yeah, it's a good shout. I just got back from Portugal and they're absolutely delightful. What they were actually doing as well was bringing um, uh, not uh, tequila, uh, Sambuca mm-hmm. um, out with our dinner. And to be honest, I wouldn't be a big drinker of that, but it fucking tastes good. I love the box. Sambuca. Yeah, it was, it was I nice. Just after Sambuca. dinner, like Sambuca. I don't know where, you don't know where you're going path. to in Lisbon, but if you get a chance to go up to Cascois, there's a fantastic sort of Asian fusion restaurant up there that's built beside the lighthouse. It's definitely worth a, a trek out in the chef's. Are they a sponsor? Spe- no, the chef's special is like about eight courses, but it's all sushi and everything like that. Where is this? In Cascois. In is, Portugal. Which is only about 25 minutes on a. Um, a tram ride out from Lisbon from oh I thought we were talking about somewhere in Dublin I, was going, I might try that out <laughs> the weekend um, listen I'm, I'm going to tell the truth here Niall Purcell asks the best question of the night it's quite simple why is Dave Thomas such a prick well look I'm going to be straight here right Dave Thomas gets an awful lot of abuse on Twitter right yeah he gets and, a lot of abuse in our WhatsApp as well <laughs> <laughs> but Dave is is one of the most sensible articulate people to talk about Liverpool has good opinions and you know the problem is at this moment in time everyone wants people to have the same opinion if everyone had the same opinion and there wasn't debate in the whole lot it would be the most boring thing ever you'd be all walking around 
fucking playing Pokemon Go like a bu- great big bunch of weirdos that are doing yeah. at the moment, right? Yeah. Just agreeing with everything. You know, I, I football's not about agreeing. Football's about debate. Football's yeah. about anger. It's about passion. It's about hatred. It's about Milner falling over, and it's about hating that and being able to say it, right? And you, you, you have to have opinions. If you don't have opinions, don't listen to podcasts. Don't read articles. Don't do anything. Just sit there and believe that your opinion is the right one and nobody else has a, has a valid opinion because it's absolutely pointless. Yeah, listen, I, I, I probably argue with Dave as much as anybody out there. Um, and I just do it to argue with him. Yeah, half the time I do that and half the time I don't agree with what he's saying, but that's okay. You know what I mean? You're allowed you're, to have you're, different opinions. You're 100% right. Dave is quite reasoned, quite logical and very articulate. So I can't knock him for any of that. Still a prick. but um, <laughs> He's our prick. But he's an articulate <laughs> prick and he's our prick. And we'll always... Very articulate. We'll always... Like uh, a truck. I think people... <laughs> he's I think articulate people get like a truck. We're good to go for the night, lads. And Phil, you're going to do a nice little outro for us. No, I'm not. It's too long. Okay. So no so, admin. Just go to the Astro Park to play football. Monster Gadgets. Steve-O, me... Jay, and of course, Dave Thompson. Thanks, good night, God bless. Random player. <laughs> I know a story about him. There's a pump house uh, pub on the Albert Dock, and all the lads used to go in when they used to booze up. Like, yeah. um, and he went in there with the, the whole team, and he was a mad boozer. Like, and he did a shit in his own hand and threw it, and it stuck to the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that that's very... We, best pre-2000s TV show you'd like to see a modern movie version of. That doesn't have a poxy version already. It doesn't have a poxy version made yeah. already. It's a good question. I would love to see... Um, oh, the name of it, that to slip and so I'll go for something else. Street... Street... Hill Street Blues? Street Hawk. Street... Uh, what? Street Hawk. You're talking about the... the fucking... Helicopter? No. What's Street Hawk? He was a bike... He's a bloke on You've a made bike. this up right <laughs> I haven't You fucking have Street Hawk what, what station was it on? Phil TV <laughs> It was on ITV I don't know On a Saturday any, afternoon I don't know It was it when when, 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 when A-Team finished And Knight Rider Was Knight Rider was September Then Street Hawk used to be there It was a bike That went really fast I can't remember what special power Are you making this up as you go along? No It was real <laughs> By the way It wasn't the best combination of crisps and chocolate It was who eats crisps I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Podcast Network.